hello, hello. Welcome one and welcome all to episode number 103 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday indeed. We've finally made it to February, which I am so thrilled about. January is by far the worst month of the year. There was not a day that went by in the month of January where I didn't say to myself, why the hell do I live here in Boston where it's five degrees outside it's locked down, COVID everywhere, uh, you know, blizzards happening, just no one's out, miserable. Why do I do that to myself? And yet here I am 29 and have not moved anywhere else in my life, have not lived anywhere else in my life. In fact, I've actually lived in a 25 mile radius basically for my entire existence, including, including college. So there you go. I guess that's what they call masochism, right? But anyway, yes, it's episode number 103 of the Sports Kiki podcast. Uh, Again, I want to thank Carly Webb, one of our great outsports contributors, for coming on the show last week and explaining the Leah Thomas situation and the transgender policies of the NCAA, USA Swimming, and that fluid and complex situation. So hopefully all of you have a bit of a better understanding about that after listening to Carly, who's just so passionate about these issues. Uh, This week, Our attention at Outsports has pretty much fully turned to the Winter Games happening in Beijing. They've been going on for the last couple of days. Opening ceremonies took place on Friday. Uh, It is another seminal Olympic Games for out-athletes. According to our accounts, there are at least 35 of them in Beijing. That's a Winter Olympics record. Uh, There are eight out-athletes. LGBTQ male figure skaters, including Timothy LeDuc, the first out non-binary Winter Olympian. So we wish them luck. And it's great to see all the LGBTQ representation. Uh, It's not quite the Summer Games where we had about 186 out athletes on our list, but the Winter Games are much smaller. Um, But one thing that I do like about the list we have here is you're seeing that male representation, we've spent a lot of time on the on the show the last couple of years talking about how the women are so far ahead of the men when it comes to being out and being athletes. But this is a case, again, you see eight out male figure skaters, no out women figure skaters. Interestingly enough, uh, I would say two of the most iconic out Olympians are Gus Kenworthy and Adam Rippon here in the U.S., both of whom are... Uh, winter athletes, of course. Kenworthy is competing for Team Great Britain this year. Rippon is uh, over in Beijing coaching a figure skater for the U.S. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would go, what, like Tom Daly, Kenworthy, Rippon? That's uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good list. So it's, uh, and, I, and, I, and I won't, and I'll save you me salivating over how attractive both of them are, though I've always been an Adam, uh, an Adam Rippon guy. Uh, over over Kenworthy, to be honest, though it is a close race. Uh, just like I'm sure we'll have many close races throughout these games. And, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the show this week talking about China and what a disaster it is to have them host these games and their raft of human rights abuses and the increasingly hostile environment for LGBTQ people and their draconian zero-COVID policy, which forced Kim Mellimans, a Belgian skeleton slider, into COVID isolation despite three straight negative COVID tests. Uh, She's an out-skeleton slider who actually will be competing against her girlfriend, uh, who is a slider for Team Brazil. But just a rash of 
Horrible, horrible stories. But let's not lose sight of the fact that these athletes still have been training for years to this moment, sometimes their entire lives to get to this moment. And it's easy to say, oh, why Why are they doing that? Why are they going over to Beijing knowing about its COVID policies, number one, and risking being in this intense isolation where you are really not allowed any outside contact whatsoever for 14 days, if not longer, if you test positive. So why are they putting themselves at risk like that? Why are they... Uh, being part of the IOC here and its attempts to legitimize the Beijing, uh, the Chinese government and be part of this propaganda fest for the Chinese Communist Party, which the Winter Olympics are going to be just as the Summer Games were in 2008 and just as Vladimir Putin used the 2014 Winter Games in Sochi to prop up his authoritarian and anti-LGBTQ regime. And yeah, geo- geopolitics are really hard. But again, the Olympics at their core are about the athletes. They're about the competitions. The IOC is odious. We all know that. And we'll talk a lot about that. But it's about the athletes. And I don't think any athlete should be blamed for pursuing their passion. It's not their fault that the games are taking place in China this year. It's not their fault that the IOC is snuggling up to authoritarian regimes. No, it's not their fault at all. They're just there to compete, and we root them on. But speaking of Kim Melamonts, uh, that's where I'd like to begin here today. I mentioned that she is an out Belgian skeleton slider, one of the rising stars in her sport, uh, but she didn't know whether she would be able to compete in these games. She tested positive for covid This fall, she missed two World Cup races due to the forced quarantine that she experienced. Uh, So her Olympic status was tenuous up until recently when she quickly got back into shape. She made her way to Beijing. She's representing Belgium in their Winter Olympic Games. And once she arrived, once she arrived, that's where it all really, that's where it got pretty scary. So she had to take a series of of COVID tests that gave varying results, including negative, but she also got positive test results. So after that, she was placed in isolation. And yes, she could train there, but she would have to train on her own. And then after being there for a couple days, this all happened earlier this week, she was told she would be moved. And she assumed, great, I'm into quarantine isolation out of precaution, she's had three straight negative COVID tests while she was in isolation. So when she told she was being moved, she thought, great, I'm going back to the Olympic Village. Mm, not so fast. In a tearful Instagram video, which has been viewed at this point tens of thousands of times, well over 2,600 likes, Mellermonts talked about how the ambulance that was transporting her went to another facility. She was supposed to stay there for an additional week with two PCRs a day and no contact with anybody else. Again, this was after having at least three straight COVID tests come back negative. And in her video, she said she didn't know whether she could make it. She didn't know whether she would be able to stay in Beijing and compete given the situation she was in. 
So she posts her video. I mentioned it goes beyond viral. She's allowed back into the Olympic Village finally, and it looks like all is well. She will be back on to compete. But this story right here, what happened to Kim Melamonts, is a striking example of just how ridiculous and cruel and inhumane, and I use that word again, draconian, China's zero-COVID pursuit is. I mean, these are, these Olympians, the healthiest people in the world. And yet, even when they test negative for COVID three straight times, they are placed into more isolation out of what? What is the point of that besides torture? Seriously, seven days with two PCRs a day? And if you keep testing negative, you keep getting tested? What the hell is that? And look, I don't want to get into a huge debate here about COVID policy. We, I think we all know where we stand two years into this damn thing. But, you know, you look at China, they have an exceptionally low death rate. And yeah, their, 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 their sudden lockdowns and their extreme restrictions have really kept the death rates down. And that's a success for them. But think about the human cost of these zero COVID policies and really the inanity of a lot of these zero COVID policies, such as, again, forcing an Olympian, one of the healthiest people in the world, probably, into isolation despite testing negative for COVID time and time again. And of course, the Chinese government, I don't think, is ever going to abandon It's zero COVID policies because it gives them another tool to control their population. It expands their ever-growing surveillance state. So this stuff isn't going away in China. No, this is great for them. They're never ending it. Nope. I just can't imagine the fear that I would have as an athlete heading into Beijing, so worried I'm going to test positive and then deal in this situation while I'm there, I mean, it's it's really cruel and just ridiculous, outright ridiculous treatment. And after Melimans posted her video, the Olympic Committee moved her back to the village. I mean, thank goodness that, that they finally came to their senses as well. But just brutal, brutal, brutal. And if I were her, it'd make me, I mean, just so hard because, again, they train their whole lives for this. This is it for so many of them. And they're stuck in this horrible situation, in this horrible country, with this horrible regime. And when I say country, I mean regime. This horrible regime that is overseeing a genocide of Muslim minorities, suppresses freedom of speech and expression. I mentioned runs a chilling surveillance state. (laughs) I mean, let the games begin, right? And you're seeing a number of athletes speak out against the IOC's decision to reward Beijing with the Winter Olympics. Gus Kenworthy and Adam Rippon uh, were the latest. They did it on Friday. Kenworthy said he thinks the IOC should take a stance against these atrocities, stand up for important issues. Uh, Rippon said, point blank, there isn't a single athlete here who feels good about the situation. And the climate for LGBTQ people in China gets worse and worse. The government keeps exercising control over media platforms and stamping out anything it doesn't consider to be in line with its so-called traditional values. Just last fall, the Chinese government banned effeminate men 
from appearing on TV, Shanghai Pride, China's only annual celebration of LGBTQ people, was shut down in 2020. Most recently this week, this would really hit me hard, Grindr removed itself from app stores in the country due to the current hostile environment and the privacy issues they have there. And yeah, homosexuality is decriminalized in China, but clearly it's still very much frowned upon and considered increasingly abnormal by the authorities who are, as we see throughout history and we see across the world, scapegoat minorities, in this case, LGBTQ people, to cover up for their other failures. There's a housing crisis in China. There's an economic crisis in China. There's not as much opportunity as there once was. And to quell this growing unrest and to keep everybody in line, they deflect and they scapegoat. And it's LGBTQ people. Uh, you know, I don't even... the. The genocide of the of the of the of the Muslim minorities in the Western provinces, the Uyghur Muslims, it's just it's it, it's it's just amazing that everyone's there. And like here we are, the IOC proud to be in Beijing. I mean, the other contender for the 2022 games was Almaty, Kazakhstan. So that's I mean that's the other issue that there are really the cities are not lining up to host these events. They're just not due to their incredible cost and the the fact that there doesn't really seem to be a lot of long-term economic benefit to hosting the games, which was previously thought to be one of the reasons why you'd want to host because of everything that comes after it, new stadiums, Olympic villages. Nah, then we just find out those, those structures that cost millions upon millions of dollars just get abandoned. It's, it's like... And, it's, and as a result, it's now a showcase for authoritarian regimes largely. The IOC needs to clean up its act, stop getting cozy with these regimes, and make hosting the Olympics more palatable so we can so they can compete in countries not like Russia, not like China. So, you know, we don't have a situation where athletes have to fear getting trapped for 14 days and taking two PCR tests a day if they get COVID, you know, so we don't, we can't have games on one side of the country while genocide is going on on the other side of the country. It's just really bad. And look, again, these are about the athletes. We will cover them. I will enjoy them rooting on at least our 35 out athletes, but it's just, it's really, really hard to ignore what's happening in China. And I give a lot of credit to Kenworthy, Ripon, and any athlete, including Kim Melamins, who's speaking out against what's going on over there. It's not an easy thing to do, as we've seen with our sports here in the U.S. LeBron James and a number of high-profile NBA players have cozy business relationships with China as well, and they're not speaking out. In fact, they criticize those who speak out. So... Bravo. Bravo. More speaking out. Keep on competing. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. As always, if you have any guest ideas, topic ideas, you can find me on Twitter. At AlexRumor1 is my username. That again is at AlexRumor1. My DMs are open against my better judgment. So long, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Yes, if you can stomach it, enjoy these games. And we'll talk to you next Saturday.